Welcome to Unraveled Podcast. I'm Bridget. And I'm Mackenzie. This is the place where we unravel all the things on our hearts. Laughter, tears, and real talk are all invited. Here we go. Best part of my day, podcasting with my sis. Oh, I live for it. I can't believe we almost did it the day I went into labor. Thank God we didn't. I know, but I mean, I don't know what's cooler, doing it the day of labor or the fact that it's three days postpartum and we have a little guest with us today. This, gosh, how many guests will be born on this show? A few. That is Grace, a good question. And then Franny and then this one. Oh, yeah. I was pregnant with Grace when we started. I was pregnant with Grace when we started. Oh, my and gosh. Think, yeah. Holy cow. I think that was like the month we started. That's wow. crazy. So... So are. amazing. So, okay. So we have, it, it's Stella Marie, right? Or Stella Maris. Stella Maris. But there's so many ways to say it. And um, it means Our Lady Star of the Sea, um, Mary. And I do love the name Maris. Colin does too. So I could see oh. Miss Maris be a nickname or Stella. Oh, like going by Maris. Yeah, whichever. And That's um, so cute. Yeah. we've. I remember before I was pregnant, we were at Our Lady Star of the Sea, this parish in um, La Jolla, California. Uh-huh. And I was like that if I have another girl, that's her name. And I oh. just knew it then and there. And that was like almost two years ago during COVID. When you announced, I was like, that is the most unique name. Like I, I've never, I don't know if I've never, I've never seen another girl named that. And it's like, that's kind of like a no, like a duh name. Like what a beautiful Catholic name. Why is oh. that not like far and wide, but you guys have kind of like started a trend. I feel like almost. Well, I just feel like we could, I love the name Mary. Who doesn't? Like, we should all have a Mary, right, sis? Like, someday, like, of course. But I feel like that's a very It's so unique. Yes, exactly. And my mom was saying there's so many cool names for Mary. Yes. You just have to find them. Because, like, you know, there are. Like, you could do any of the apparitions, Lords, Fatima, all of it. There's so many. I'm obsessed with Stella Maris. And the fact that you guys, you know, were in like a beautiful waterfront town now you're in the mountains and then for cd is it Prasadi is the middle name so can you talk about that a little yes pierre giorgio who we all love and know he is not a saint but he's cool because he wasn't even a priest and i'm like my don't you just think of saints and you're like they have to be a nun or a priest or some like you know perfect person And he was not that. He grew up in a very wealthy Italian family and gave everything he owned away and just loved the mountains and praying with God there. Um, I love that. And that's where he felt closest to God. And I think we talk about that all the time when we're planning our retreats. Like, what is a retreat? Like, where do we want to literally retreat? Yes. And it's a beautiful place. Like, it's nature. It's especially with the world right now when we can get so caught up. in everything going on and you know the best medicine is stepping outside and just exactly. being with God and so we've loved Prasadi for a little bit I saw his um incredible part of his incredible body in Poland wow. a couple years ago and I just thought he was so cool I'd never known a saint to not be a priest and he he will be a saint soon I hope but as of now he he is the one who coined the phrase Verso you know, the one to the heights. Yes. So, yes. Um, Verso Alto. Alto. So he, he's really cool. But I love that. 
It is such a strong name, such a beautiful name. And the fact that the sea and the mountains are like wrapped into that name and both of those um, places and backdrops have played such a big part in y'all's lives. And like the fact that you guys just willingly like picked up and moved. I remember when you guys told me like, we're moving to South Dakota. I was like, wait, what? And now my thesis. (laughs) And now it seems so clear. You guys um you guys had it right before any of us did. So it was God. It was literally what we're talking about today. Yes. Truly was. And I don't know if it it was I don't know if I discerned it that well or if it was calling or if it was we had no choice. Like it was pushed. You know when the Holy Spirit also just forces you to do something. Well, I, my thing, and we're going to get into it. We're going to continue the conversation about the discernment of spirits um, today on today's episode. But I guess going into that, you know, if you guys, if you could preface a little bit, like what was that process like for you guys? Because I feel like a lot of people who I've been talking to recently who are just, you know, very concerned about the way that things are heading and lots of like, you know, talk of lockdowns and mandates was there because it wasn't even that bad when you guys made that decision to move your family to um to South Dakota, you know? So what what I guess stirred inside of you guys that made you want to kind of make that move? Yeah, I think that just getting out to California right away was a blessing because um it was right when COVID hit and you know, being in the military, Bridge and Johnny are right now and they're, they're on their way out in, in less than a year. And we all get to this place where we're like, okay, God, just give us the right job mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. will take it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we'll be happy to have, uh, you know, to be able to provide for our families, um, outside the military because the military is such a good thing in so many ways. Um, but Colin got a great job and it was, the options were New York or California, which sounded great at the time for me mm-hmm. and would for you too with film and our, our film backgrounds, acting back backgrounds. And it was just like, of course, no brainer. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Well, you know, the grass is always greener because California is, um, how do I say this in a sweet way, um, is basically the <laughs> antithesis <laughs> of everything that we yeah. believe in just how they live and there are beautiful people there, beautiful pockets. I mean, who doesn't want to go to the beach every day? There's beautiful parts of it, but it's not the state that it was 30 years ago. People even say 20 years ago. Right. And so right when we got there, you could just feel it. I, I, I love, I miss the sun and I miss all that, those good things. And we even had a good church, but the church wasn't even open when we got there. They were the fastest and hardest lockdown right when COVID hit. And we were, we happened to live in a very conservative neighborhood randomly. Mm -hmm. Um, Our neighbors all believed everything we did and we were weird. It was weird, but they all knew the same, that California was not the place um, we wanted to be long-term. Alan had come with me to South Dakota once. I grew up coming here in the summers because my mom grew up here and our best friends live here and it's just a hidden gem in America. And it's also, it's rapid city. So it's not the Midwest. It's, it's more, it's closer to Wyoming and Colorado. So it feels like the West Okay. and there's mountains and it's so beautiful. And we drove through with Colin one time and he said, 
I would love to raise our family here. Oh, wow. And I, I just thought nothing of it. It was on our drive to Virginia to live in Virginia that he said that he before said that. you guys got there. And I thought nothing of it. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But then we came again last October for a wedding. Um, one of my best friends getting married. And Colin said the same thing. This would be the place. It's slow paced. It's quiet. You can be... Um, you can make your own decisions. No one bats an eye wow. at, you know, having big families, um, living on the land and it's so outdoorsy and it's just so, just so lovely. And you the know, governor has been, like, governor. I mean, even with, with everything going on, like it has been so cool to know that you guys live there because I mean, I've been following the governor yeah. of South Dakota yeah. for so long because she's been so adamant about, uh, you know, I will protect the freedoms of the people that live here. Yes. And I think it that feels like a free like, country here. Yeah. Yes. And everything you've said, it's almost like a night and day experience from living in outside DC. And then when I talk mm -hmm. to you, it's like, wait, do we live in the same country? Like no, it doesn't I seem know. like we live in the same country almost. It doesn't. And it, when we were discerning whether to like we got back from a trip and Colin, you guys have heard the story, but Colin was on his workday account just putzing around. You know, that stirring that uh, St. Ignatius talks about, like this unrest bridge mm -hmm. always talks about, mm -hmm. like we all have said these words. And because he, he was like, something was itching, you know, like, let me look around. And it said endoscopy sales rep needed in the Black Hills. Wow. That day we got back, which is unheard of. There are no wow. jobs here. You have to really... You have to be from here. You have to have your own business there. You know, it's something like that. It's a very, um, it's, it just doesn't happen. And so he, Colin just knew, and I don't, is Johnny like this? Or I feel like you might be more like this V, but like when Colin, Colin's always thinking five years ahead, like yeah. he can't just be content with right now. Like, it's like, how can we be better? Which is a great quality. That's but sometimes good. I'm like, can we just, can we just rest? Can we just enjoy the day? Can we just be but, happy where well, we that's are? That's a good like, thing. And honestly, right I feel like, um, like God is giving wisdom to his people right now. And I've talked to other friends about that, that there is a knowledge that is amongst certain circles of people that I don't necessarily, you know, hear in everyone. And I, I do think that that is a fruit of the spirit. And mm -hmm. that's what we're talking wow. about is like when mm -hmm. you are close to the Lord and you are relying on his wisdom, not your own, he's mm -hmm. going to send you places, you know, to protect you and to bring you happiness and mm -hmm. So, I mean, Johnny and I have been talking about that nonstop, just praying for the words. Like, we don't want to make the decision. Like, help us hear you so you make the decision right. for us. And that's a, kind of a good segue into we talked about the first three rules, yeah. the last episode for the discernment of spirits. So, yeah, guys, that third rule um, is of spiritual consolation. And they call it consolation when there's some interior movement in the soul is caused in which the soul becomes inflamed with the love of its creator and Lord. And when it can, can in consequence, love no created thing on the face of the earth in itself, but in the creator of them all. So th the rule itself, we talked about um, on the last episode, but we'll go right into the fourth rule, which is um, the fourth rule of spiritual desolation. I call it desolation, all the contrary of the third rule, such as darkness of the soul, disturbance in it, Movement to things low and earthly, the unquiet of different agitations and temptations, moving to want of confidence without hope, without love, when one finds oneself all lazy, tepid, sad, and as if separated from his creator and Lord. Because as consolation is contrary to desolation, 
In the same way, the thoughts which come from consolation are contrary to the thoughts which come from desolation. And I think that all of that is like everybody I have talked to in one way, shape, or form has experienced this right now, which is this feeling of, um, yeah, like just desolation in terms of everything. I mean, the Middle East, um, what's happening even in our own country uh, with all of these mandates and lockdowns and forced masking and all of that. It's just, it is creating a heaviness in the air. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was just talking to a friend about this and she said, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just recently I just wake up and there's already just like a heaviness on me and I just have no energy to do anything all day long. And I was like, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you are experiencing. Um, and we, we are, Ken's and I actually listened to another podcast by a priest on, um, discernment of spirits just to make sure, you know, we're in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And what he talked about was a lot of times in our modern culture, of course, it's important to make sure you don't have medical depression, but right. he said a lot of times people can misdiagnose a spiritual desolation with depression. And it doesn't that mean that, crazy to hear right? That. And it doesn't mean that the two don't go hand in hand because like from our research, Ken's and I have read that um, a lot of times the body will tell us what is happening in the spirit. So if you don't feel like getting up in the morning, if you don't feel like having a productive day, you could very well be experiencing this desolation of, of the spirit. And um, and there, But there's very practical ways, human ways to fight that. And, um, you know, this priest talks about working out even. Like if you don't feel like praying – go for a workout, he said. Mm -hmm. And we were both like, yeah, that works. That's great. Yeah. You have to take care of those necessaries or like your own individual needs, which I think can be put on the back burner, you know, and it's easy to just think, oh, I'll just, I'll just pray like right now. But sometimes exactly. we're not in a state to pray maybe, you know, and that's not exactly. to excuse, you know, ditching prayer, but maybe you have to get better rest. Maybe you needed a couple mm -hmm. more hours. It's okay. You know, even with everything going on, I think that, so the next three rules are all, you know, rule four five and six are all about desolation and how to navigate this spiritual desolation. And I think the reason why almost a quarter of the rules for discernment have to do with desolation is because how, um, I guess easy it is to fall into this. Yes. Um, and even with the news and everything, like Ken's and I were talking offline before we started this podcast, it is so easy to fall into the trap of just consuming the news all day long. Oh my gosh. And yes. I have not felt farther away from consolation than when I put my phone down after a long scroll. And so oh <laughs> I, I can I get an amen, like a double tap, me too. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so we were talking about like checking our, our own selves and wondering, you know, how do I discern what is enough and when I should get off? And I've been really trying to pray with that. Like, you know, I want to be informed and I want to make sure that, you know, Johnny and I know what's going on in order to pr protect our family and, and be in the know. But at a certain point, it's like, is this helping to continue to consume? Right. And I, I think 
you can get into that trap of like, I have to stay so up to date with what's going on or worse, I, I have to suffer and I have to feel, you know, everything. And, um, God calls this a cross and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm never going to feel at peace and I'm always going to be, you know, trying so hard to, you know, fix the world, fix the country, you know, and it's not your job. He, God doesn't want us to live in that state because like Bridget said yesterday, I, I, I must've been scrolling or looking at way too much because I felt so exhausted. I was just like, Oh, I just felt gross, you know, after the day's readings and, um, what was on the news and surely he doesn't want that for us. That does not make me better mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So I need to navigate the, that area myself because it does feel like a dumpster fire right now, but right. that doesn't mean we need to be in it. What did futurist family say today? She said, um, in the, she's going to be in, in the eye of the storm, but not, Mm -hmm. Oh gosh, what did she say? I have to find it. B, did you read it? I think I read it. It was like, don't be consumed by it, but be living in it. And living in it. And it reminds me too of that CS Lewis quote that I saw someone post. That's like, you know, don't be sick. Like, and he wrote it in the forties in the 1940s when there was a war story. And he was like, don't be waiting around for the bomb to hit us. Like you should be with your children. Like you guys have a new baby. Like, you know, just like soaking up light. Normal things. Exactly. And not waiting for doom and gloom. And Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be the biggest, um, the biggest temptation Mm -hmm. uh, for the next couple months. And who knows, maybe even another year we'll be wondering what's to come. And, Again, it's like just like trying to pray for the wisdom to know like when should I be leaning into this information and when mm-hmm. is God calling me to prayer and to just be with my family. Right. Because it, he literally – he talks about that in the rule. He says gratification of the flesh is a pull towards low and earthly things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he also says we cannot ever – make a decision in the, in these times of spiritual desolation. And so when we're feeling that, like, for example, a perfect, perfect example would be like, oh, I'm going to post this. I have saved so many yes, fabulous yes, things. Yes. I just, you know, to prove my Oh point. my God. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I can't wait to share this. So these people see that I'm right. Like, exactly. and I, I just stopped altogether because yep. I'm like, Mackenzie, how the hell is this going to make you better? Like, let's be honest. Uh, so, but it quick, I could quickly, easily post so many articles. Like, I, yeah, I proved you wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Got them. Got you for but what? I think that goes into the fifth rule, which is so practical. And it says, um, yes. Read that. in time of desolation, um, never make a change, but be firm and constant in the resolutions and determination in which one was the day preceding such desolation. So basically try to put yourself before this time. So so maybe for us it's like what were we dreaming and thinking of and wanting to do like before COVID, before any of this crap happened? Like right. what was – and that might actually be hard to go back to that place for some people. Yeah. But like take yourself back to before any of this stress happened and ask yourself, like, what were the dreams on my heart? Like, what did I want to do before any of this kind of like took away, you know, my spirit of consolation? Mm-hmm. And then determine um, 
what to do from the good spirit. And basically he says, wait until that spirit of goodness comes back to you and then decide to change courses if that's the best thing. And so like I think practically speaking, when I read this rule, I think of almost like a job change. Like you could be so upset at your boss or something or your job situation and you could be just fed up. Like I have had the last straw with this place or something. And it's probably not the prudent thing to like quit the next day because what he's saying, what St. Ignatius is saying is like, you need to pray about that and wait until you're in a calm spirit. And maybe the decision is still the same. Like, yes, I need to leave this place, Mm -hmm. but maybe you'll wake up and say, wait, that was just an emotional whim. Like I probably, you know, that was a one day thing and I'm actually okay now. And there's been many times. How many times? So In my own life where I've been like, oh my gosh, I I just need to remove that person from my life or something like, you know, they're not good for me or whatever the thing might be. And then you wait a week or two or like you see the person again, something like that. And you're like, wait a second, like that was just a rough patch or or that person was going through something and maybe that, that their spirit caused them to, you know, behave that way. And so it's like almost like allowing yourself the grace to have a mindset shift and don't make some, don't make a rushed dish decision in the moment. Totally. And I, I love that example about like removing someone from your life because it's so easy to feel so extreme. And I yes. always find that I feel that way when I'm not um, speaking about it out loud or <laughs> praying about it or yes. talking through it. But it's just this like monkey mind in my head of like, you know, you make up these stories and, and suddenly they become the worst thing. You need them out immediately. And then right, you right. wake up the next day and you're like, oh gosh, I was just having a moment. And I yeah, was having a bad day something. or they were having a bad day. Or they were and it was, you know, hitting me. And so I love that. Just taking time, really, really like do you just burning and praying oh my gosh she's like amen girl you can cut this out i'm gonna nurse her while you keep talking she's like you're on the right track i'm closest to god because i just came from exactly she's like i'm an angel and i affirm that (laughs) wouldn't that be nice if we could just stay that way Uh, oh yes so i love that rule too though because it's just permission he said if you can take anything from any of these rules just this one. Yes. Save you. I remember so reading that. Yeah. So many things. And it's true. How many times in my life have I made stupid, quick decisions? Like, yes. Oh, that I mean, even with me. the fear of like, you know, this has been mandated. The whole world is changing. You might, a lot of people have messaged me and been like, I'm going to lose my job in a week or, or I think I might, my husband might lose his job. I'm like, well, don't like just wait until that's a reality. Like, don't Maybe just don't get anticipate. Up. Yeah, like all of this bad stuff to happen. I mean, be prudent and start to think of of your plan for your family. But we can't just live in anxiety all the time. You know, it's so easy too, because but it takes so much energy. And offline, Bridge and I were laughing because we no longer have little kids who can who we can mm-hmm. talk however we want in front of. Because I was just showing Colin a video, of course, and T overheard it. And she said, why is that? What do you mean everyone's dying, mom? And I'm like, no, that's my point. Not everyone's dying. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> you know, but we have to be careful because it can seep into our families too. Exactly. 
for the sixth rule, like how practical it is, it's like you don't want to pick up your family and move across the world right away. Like you want to, you want to pray about it. You want to think about it and you want to maybe, you know, visit and something like that, but not to say like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not safe right now. I need to get up and go. So it's like in these times, I think it's causing a lot of people, like very smart people have like texted me and been like, okay, like where are we building our bunker? Where are we, where are we building our commune? And it's like, yeah, we joke about that, but are we actually going to pick up our families and leave, you know, our lives right away? Middle of the night tonight. (laughs) And so I think, I mean, that's the beauty too, of like being around other friends and your spouse and saying like, Hey, look, these are my stressors, but am I, are these legitimate Or should I be, you know, praying through this and discerning and kind of letting some of this anxiety go? Because, I mean, there were times that I was like, we should sell our house right now, Johnny. Like, the market's hot. Like, let's make a bunch of cash and then we'll just hold on to it and decide where we want to move. And that was very strong on my heart. And he was just like, I don't think so. Like, this house is great. Like, I really feel like we're meant to stay here for a while. And, you know, money is money, but like this house has such a good feeling and I want to have another Christmas in this house. And so I'm just like, okay, like as, as the head of the house, I have to honor that and say like, okay, God, maybe you're actually speaking to me through my spouse. And so I think Ignatius says that that's such a great point you made because God gives you who you need to like, that's why there's two of you. You have great decisions and so does Johnny, but sometimes we need them. Unfortunately, we're not the perfect deciders. (laughs) You're like, shoot, (laughs) but But it's humbling. It is. And it's it's true, but talk about how like he can give you a good spirit through people and also negative. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I think, both of those need to be, and that's why we're, that's why we're having this podcast series guys, because I mean, just even discerning down to friendships, you know, like, and, and people in your life, like, does this person lead, lead my soul to peace or do I, do I feel agitated or, you know, do I feel like they're bringing me down? And so I think that all of this stuff, we're in a heightened sense right now of just discernment. Like we need to discern once where's the best place to live. Like, you know, help me find a spouse. Like I know there's a lot of people out there that are looking to find that person to settle down with and, you know, praying through like what, what communities should I be putting myself in, in order to find that person or, Mm -hmm. um, and just like, like praying to have your steps be guided. I guess that's the best way to say it. Like have your steps be guided. In and everything too. And it's, we're talking about the big stuff right now, but it really is moment to moment. It is in every decision you make. And it sounds like mm-hmm. a lot, but I think it makes life less heavy when you do discern everything. It right. makes it a lot easier probably. Absolutely. Because you, know? you feel like a burden is lifted. Like, okay, I've really prayed and thought about this. Right. Like even with the kids preschool, I don't know how it, I, yes. it's probably way more free with you guys. So you probably haven't had to discern too much about it. But with us here, I mean, we've had to like go back and forth on this topic and pray and talk to, you know, the heads of these preschools and just make a decision and say like, do we feel like in this climate, this is going to be a good place for our kids. And I've just never felt like I've had to discern more in my life than recently. So I'm definitely glad that we're talking about this. I know that is so true. 
I, and that has been a big process for you guys. I feel like up to the wire, like you just made the decision to, to send them, right? It, but it was a back and forth. Yeah. He says that although in desolation, we ought not to change our first resolutions, it is very helpful intensely to change ourselves against the desol same desolation as by insisting more on prayer, meditation, or on much examination and by giving ourselves more scope in some suitable way of doing penance. But it, it goes with the other two entirely. It's like they all help one another. Completely. And I think like this sixth one reminds me of exactly what we were just talking about. Like don't change what you first was on your heart just because you're in a spirit of desolation. So yeah. like for the longest time, this school that Johnny and I had really wanted our kids to go to, we were just so excited about it. It was a Catholic Montessori school or it is a Catholic Montessori school. And we've just had our eye on it for the longest time. And so the thought of not going was like breaking my heart. And I just finally decided like, Lord, you know, you have these kids in your hand. We made this decision a long time ago to get them on this list and get them in this school. Like you work it out for us and we're not going to back out right now. Um, but it was a lot of back and forth. But, you know, to this sixth rules point, like don't change what was first on your heart. And that could be for anything. That could be for a big dream that was on your heart. A lot of times we've had something stirring on us for years and we know that it's what we're meant to do. And then the first time there's a roadblock, you know, like let's say you want to start your own business and building a website is super difficult. You're just like, okay, well, maybe I'm not meant to do that. It's over. Yeah. From so one little No, hiccup. you've got to stay resolute in what you was on your heart and, and see it through because mm -hmm. the fruit of that is going to be on the other side. Right. And, and it will be a process. He says this quote in when talking about this rule, but um, with that, what Bridget's saying, it's so easy to just quit. And I think how many times have we, we might've done that in our lives and not even known like, Oh, mm. I'm just going to quit. And who knows what could have happened if we didn't. But he says that um, we're, we're called to carry out our cross, but it always leads to an Easter Sunday. Oh, so I love that. yeah. And like never ditch the cross. Sure. But there is a balance there too. We have our own crosses. Believe me, we don't need to go out and find them. Right. Um, but if we carry them out beautifully, then beauty comes that Easter Sunday he's speaking of. So it, it's not always drab, you know. So. And it reminds me too of what we talked about before the episode was kind of like interweaving like labor and birth mm -hmm. with these rules and saying like, it is one of the hardest things. I mean, you just went through it and it's like, you could speak to this more, but it's like one of the hardest things, but it's also this crazy juxtaposition of like the most beautiful thing is on the other side of the hardship. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I, oh, hello. Um, do you, sorry. <laughs> she is here. Hey, um, yeah, it's, it's insane. The, well, we talk about the pangs of labor and, um, there is nothing like it, but I think something that I was talking to be about you guys, um, because she, I, she was with me the last time I went through a natural birth and it was, it was insane. It was something I'd never done before. And, um, it was really hard and really beautiful on the other side and I wouldn't change a thing, but something different this time is that yeah. I knew that the pain was going to pay dividends. And yeah. I think we know that obviously, but in it, when you're feeling like you're about to die, mm -hmm. uh, and it more than anything you've ever experienced, um, just changing your mind to 
your body's opening. Yeah. It's like this opening that's happening for physically. Yes. Your pelvis is opening for this baby to come. The more it hurts, the closer you are. Right. But also like this opening to something new, like what can God give to me if I am open, if I am open in this hardship, if I am allowing this suffering in my life and accepting this cross, Mm -hmm. whether it's these next, this next hour or this season of something devastating that I'm going through, whatever it is, it's like, are you willing, are you willing to allow him to give you the gift um, on the other side? And so I I always talk about like the transition and labor is like the worst, like it's the weakest point of everyone. And you'll hear any woman talk about it. Like your back is literally up against the wall and you can either say yes or give up. Of course, Bridget, I know you actually can't give up because the baby (laughs) has to come out, Right. but there is a beautiful way to not give up. You know, when you're doing it, you can either kick and scream and beg for mercy, which I did scream with Franny. I said, please cut her out, you guys. And there was no option (laughs) for an episiotomy. I was in a birth center. I I distinctly remember saying that and like feeling so weak after I said it, but then also just like so strong in the same way. But this time when I, when I felt the burn and she was coming, I I cheered myself on. It was so so funny. I literally said, come on, Mackenzie, you got this. Which is so beautiful. So funny to think, like it's so. But you have to change the narrative and yes, really like get yourself there because yeah, it's it's worth it. But I think it go- like Bridget's saying, like labor can be yeah part of all any part of your life, like physical, mental, like it's right. all from him, and he's not going to take us through a battlefield without waiting for us on yeah. the other side. He's yes. just not going to do it. Yeah. So yeah, it's just beautiful. Well, I think that's a beautiful metaphor for everything going on right now. And something that I really just has been on my spirit is even if all of us go through the hardest labor in the next year or or just hardship of maybe we have no idea what's on what's to come, you know, know. but I truly believe, and I actually had a very close priest friend say this to me. He was like, I think that you guys are going to endure some hard times. And he was saying this Mm -hmm. to like Johnny and I about our family, but he was like, I see a beautiful reality on the other side. And he was even like, I don't even know if I'll live to see those times, but I see like a beautiful era ahead after this, after this hardship. And so I don't know what that means. I don't know what that will look like, but I believe this man. I mean, he is a very holy, spiritual, devout father, and I believe what he said. And so just like labor, I mean, like there is something beautiful on the other side of all of this crap. And I think if we hold on to these beautiful tools that our faith gives us, like the discernment of spirits, the rules for discernment of spirits, um, you know, you can hold them and put them in your phone, like have them on you that you can just be constantly praying with them and saying whatever, like insert the struggle that you have right now mm-hmm. and just use these to help you get through those times. Because I mean, I don't know about you, but now more than ever, I just have been clinging to everything mm-hmm. that the faith gives us right now. All of the tools. Oh my gosh. They've, I've never felt more like that our God is so generous to us, like, mm-hmm. especially these last three months and now with the world and the country that we're dealing with. But, um, it, it comes to like control. Like I, when I was preparing for labor and when I'm preparing for our country, 
like what are we gonna do like it keeps you up at night like I know it's kept you up yeah. at night it's kept me up at night every morning you can look at my journals for the last two months I've just asked like please God like I know I can't be in control but mm-hmm. why do I want to be so badly like I know that you have a plan. I know that you've already written it out. You, you already wrote out my birth story and I don't even, I haven't even seen it yet, whatever it was. Uh And it's, that is something I'm learning with these tools that we're given. Like B said, keep it on your phone, always discern because it's so easy to, for me, it was anxiety the last two months of pregnancy. I was so anxious yeah. Um, and now I'm looking back and I knew this would happen. We always know this. We're like, we're going to laugh afterwards. We're going to, you know, right. God, is, God is laughing right now. Like he already wrote our story. He sees something beautiful on the other side and we don't of all it. of it. Yeah. And um, even B and I, she'll remember this before she got married, we saw a mystic nun yes. and she told us that we would see some end times in our life. And she said, I don't know if I will. She was older than us, obviously. And she did say that. So peaceful, sis. Like there was no angst or like Mm -hmm. rush or like um, worry in her voice. We were like, what did you just say? (laughs) And now I'm like, I believe it now, sister. But, but this is probably what what those people saw, and know. you know who know what who knows what else is to come. But we can't even live in the future and the fear, so no. we're not even going to go there. But I think that staying close to holy people and praying and digging deeper and asking for a deeper spirituality, like a gift of deeper spirituality and detachment, mm-hmm. which is what we've all been talking about that on this podcast, hurts, <laughs> never leaves, never goes. But um. Okay, I found little surprise and delight. I found a Stella Maris prayer, Our Lady Star of the Sea prayer, and Stop I thought it. we could end the episode with this prayer because it's actually oh very God. encouraging too for these times. So, oh my gosh, I love that. All right, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Star of the Sea, light our way. Star of the sea, so radiant in the glory of God's love, your crown outshining all the stars of heaven above. O lovely queen of peace, gown in the azure of the sea, help us find the way to Jesus in your wise serenity. We ask you, pearl of grace, to grant us vision, courage, will, so peace on earth that miracle at last might be fulfilled. Dear Mother of the Church, blessed beacon of God's light, may you always guide your children on the stormy seas of life. Make our hearts into safe harbors where dear Jesus is received. Hear our prayer, O spiritual vessel, Mother of God, star of the sea. And Lord, Lord, thank you for bringing this beautiful baby into um, the Watkins family and into our tribe. And please bless all of our listeners, everybody listening to this who, you know, is facing some sort of a stormy sea, um, can God and Our Lady just guide us home, guide us to you, and keep us um, where the peace is at. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Unraveled Podcast. To stay a part of the conversation, follow us on Instagram at Unraveled Podcast or on Spotify at The Unraveled Podcast. Thanks for listening.